Jason Santer from Pickleball Brackets talks about software for our sport. He talks about how Pickleball Brackets helps tournament directors automate the process of running events, how clubs can use it for a reservation system, and the accuracy of his player rating system. So let's get to the intro to hear more from Jason. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Jason Santer. Welcome, Jason. Thank you for having me. It's great that you could come on, Jason. I know that you run pickleballbrackets.com, and we'll get into that in a bit. But I always do like to start off with somebody's origin story in terms of how they first heard about pickleball and got started playing. So tell me yours. About 13 years ago now, I think, or maybe 14, I can't remember. I was actually looking to start playing something with my family, like as a family thing. So I was thinking, oh, why don't we get into tennis? We could all get on the court and just play tennis against each other and stuff and have fun just as a family event. And so I was like, well, how do I play tennis? Because I don't know how. So I was Googling, how do I play tennis and how do I teach my kids? I really didn't want to go take official lessons because it wasn't like I wanted to be a competitive tennis player. I just wanted to have fun, you know, with my family. And I came across this article that says, if you want to teach your kids tennis, teach them pickleball first because it's more fun. They're not chasing the ball so far. The court is smaller. You know, it's more exciting for the kids, more engaging. So I was like, what's this pickleball thing? So I YouTubed it. I watched one match and I said, forget tennis. This looks like a blast. So I searched in Buffalo, New York for pickleball places and I couldn't find one place to play one court or anything. So I had access to a gymnasium that had four courts or a place where I could put four courts. And so we put four courts in because they had badminton courts. So all we had to do is tape the, the kitchen line six inches difference. And I bought 16 paddles. I bought all the balls and I put an ad on Craigslist. And 12 people showed up. None of us knew how to play. We had a rule book and we just kind of flipped through the rule book as we're trying to play. And we started off with 12 and it grew and it grew and it grew. And now in Buffalo, we have like, oh goodness, we have like 200 and some pickleball courts. We have like 60 locations. We have over 1800 players. So it's kind of grown from that to this. And unfortunately, my kids don't play pickleball and neither does my wife. So, <laughs> but I, I was just so hooked. I couldn't stop. Wow. I had no idea that you developed the program. It sounds like in Buffalo, you were definitely one of the first people involved, huh? Uh, yeah, that's correct. I believe there was a, there was a club in the Northern part of Buffalo that had, it was a private club that had one pickleball court in a, inside their facility that only members could use, but I was not made aware of this until much, much later. And and you couldn't play there anyway unless you were a member. So it was one of those things I just I just never even knew about. But uh, other than that, yeah, we just kind of we kind of went to like every town hall meeting, every meeting that there was about, you know, parks and their budgets and stuff to every town around Buffalo. And every time there was something we would, you know, present pickleball. And then if they gave us a an area where we could like you know, present pickleball in a more official standings, we would contact every pickleball player we could find. And we would, you know, tons of people would show up at the board meeting and they would, everybody would say the same thing. We've never had this many people show up at a board meeting to present an idea for a park. And uh, it usually never failed. We would get our pickleball courts. So it worked out pretty well. 
Now, what about indoor facilities there? I know that in Connecticut, a couple of years ago, they built the first dedicated pickleball facility. Do you have anything like that up in the Buffalo area now? Uh, yeah, we have we have a few pickleball, indoor pickleball places. Most places are basically like gym floors or concrete floors because it's like ice hockey rinks that they use for pickleball in the, like before hockey season starts as far as indoor. But I'm also part owner with uh, with two other individuals for Pickleball Island. We owe, we uh, the three of us own Pickleball Island, which is a dedicated pickleball facility in the northern part of Buffalo uh, on a on a place called Grand Island. It's like a it's just north of Buffalo by a few minutes and um, we have seven pickleball courts there, six dedicated pickleball courts and then one like practice court area. So we we play there all the time and it's it's pretty pretty packed. It's a lot of fun and and you know it, it's nice to have a, a place where it's just pickleball and they're actual authentic pickleball courts, so they're tennis surface and it's it's a lot of fun playing. You must be extremely busy between uh, Pickleball Island and PickleballBrackets.com. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how and why you ended up developing Pickleball Tournament software. Yeah, so I built, built Pickleball Brackets mainly because I registered for a tournament on my competitor's software, and the experience was extremely negative. I It was not easy. It was very cumbersome. And so it just, it just wasn't a good experience. And I thought there's got to be something better out there. So I did some searching and, and there wasn't. So I thought, well, my background is programming. So why don't I give it a shot? And so I started writing pickleball brackets and I kind of, I, I wrote the software for about two years, I think on and off. It was more of a hobby thing at first. And so I wrote it on and off for about two years. And uh, within that two years, I took a break for like six months. I was like, ah, I'm not going to do this. I don't feel like it. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to get back into it again. And I did. And then we came out and we gave it away for free the first year just to kind of bug test it, you know, and I really cherry picked the tournaments that I uh, was going to use because I wanted tournaments that had all kinds of different formats so that we could accommodate many, many formats. And so I cherry picked the tournaments that got in for free. And then the next year we gave it 50% off. And then the, the following year, we, we actually um, went live with the full, full tournament software and it's, it's doing pretty good. We, the nice thing about it is just, we just keep building more enhancements and more features and we keep making it better and better all the time. So that, but that's the basic reason, just because I just wasn't happy with the experience I had registering for a tournament on the current software that, that's got a contract with USAPA. I've never run a pickleball tournament before, but I have run many, many racquetball tournaments years ago, you know, all pencil and paper, just a lot of craziness. What, how do people transition from pencil and paper or even from, you know, other tournament software to pickleball brackets? Yeah, I, I, my experience was the same thing. I run quite a bit of tournaments and my first few were pencil, my you know, paper on the wall and, and, and that was it. And registrations were mail in with a check and stuff. And so it's pretty, people get pretty surprised when they convert from that format to digital. I, the first thing people are shocked about is the amount of time saving they have. And especially when you're moving from other tournament software to pickleball brackets, there's a huge amount of time saving in it for the tournament director. The, you know, competitive software that I have, there's more time involved in the everyday day-to-day -day stuff. Our software, there's 
a ton of automation. We integrated a lot of automation in there. And so we use, you know, smart logic that constantly pulls the data and figures out what's supposed to happen with that data. And based on, you know, the data itself, things happen. So we, we, we offer a ton of automation. So if you're going from a different tournament software to ours, the first thing you're going to realize is how much free time you have because, because there's a ton. And then if you're going to move from paper to our software, it's the same thing. Any software, if you move from paper, you're going to get a huge time savings because everything is so manual from like emails to phone calls and keeping track of it on paper and, and having, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's very, very time consuming. So any software you use is time is savings to that. And then, you know, we, we just, we really harp on people about automation and anytime we get a tournament director that says, Hey, can we automatically have this happen? Can we automatically have that happen? We evaluate it. And then we say, well, this would benefit everybody, or this would benefit a majority of the people. And as long as there's a big benefit to it, we'll integrate that automation into our system as well. And so we have a, an engine that uh, runs, it's an automation engine that runs constantly 24, seven, 365, and it's doing nothing but automated tasks throughout the software. I just want to say, I probably never mention it here on the podcast, but I do have some background in software development as a business and data analyst. And, you know, that's must be a tremendous amount of work to, to implement that. I mean, you know, so just in thinking about that, how do you handle all the different scenarios in running a tournament? Because, you know, there's, you know, there's round robins, you know, there's just, you know, different draws and whatnot. And actually, you know what, I'm not that sophisticated when it comes to pickleball tournaments. So I'll let you tell me about the scenarios. Yeah. So as far as the automation goes, you mean how automation works with the different scenarios? Or maybe just what even the scenarios are. You said, you know, there's a lot of ways to slice and dice it. Yeah, we offer, I mean, obviously your typical double elimination, single elimination, your round robin, but then we also offer, you know, like your blind draw, but we, we, our system will automatically select your blind draws. You don't have to manually do your blind draws. It'll automatically do it. We have scrambles. So our system will do scrambles and automatically match up all the players for the scrambles. Scrambles and round robins and blind draws, all that kind of stuff. And you can also have you know, a metal round after, after your round Robin and that metal round, you can have double elimination metal round or single elimination metal round. You can offer stuff like, you know, in a, in a double elimination, the loser's bracket can't come back up into the winner's bracket or single elimination. You want the, the top two seeds from round Robin to play for bronze. I mean, gold and silver and the, you know, third and fourth automatically play for bronze or, or say you want the first in place to start uh, to play for gold and the third automatically gets the bronze. The fourth doesn't play. There's a lot of features and options there. Our round robin, also, we calculate all the stats for you live. So every single time you enter a score, instantly everything gets the updated stats live. So you always know the head-to-head breakdown, the point differential, you know, the wins, the losses, everything is completely automated and it's live instantly. And obviously, you can do your pool breakdown when it comes to the medal round after round robins, we tell you who goes into the medal rounds. We give you the option to override anything that our software says is correct, because you might think that it's not correct. So we allow you to override anything, but we pretty much do all the work for you. There is nothing that you have to do manually. Even when it comes to emails, our system has a complete e-marketing system and you can actually create all your emails and schedule them for the future. 
So that way, say those emails that you go and you manually create a month before tournament, two, two weeks before tournament, the night before the tournament, all those emails, you can actually create those way ahead of time and schedule them in the future. And then 15 minutes before that email goes out, it'll, it'll pull the database, grab everybody that's supposed to get the emails, queue them up, do all the mail merging, and then send them out on time. So we offer a lot of different features and formats there. We also offer league software. So our software does leagues as well. So you can do ladders, you can do leagues, which is basically where a league is like where you play everybody once. So if there's 10 teams or say 20 teams in your league, everybody's going to play everybody once. More like more like an NHL, NFL type scenario where everybody plays everybody once or twice, depending on what you want. Ladder, where you move up and down the ladder and you play in your groups of, you know, four or five or six or whatever you want. We even do, we have groups. You can do groupings up to eight, up to 16 people in one group if you want, or you can do it as small as four. We also offer partners, teams, personal, so you don't have to like have a partner. It's a scramble. We offer, let me see here. We also offer the ability to do flex leagues where you don't specify a date and a time and a place where you play. You give the players all week to play in their group and get their games in and they enter the scores in. And then the system will automatically lock that week, regenerate the stats, split the groups up, email everybody in the group, their own player list. And then those players have all week to play and enter the scores in. That's a flex league. With our league software, players can manu- can enter their scores in themselves right from their phone. That's all built in. And also with league software, we do all your splits for you automatically. So even if you're doing a league that's on Tuesday night, everybody opts in or opts out, whatever they want, 10 minutes before, you know, or half hour before league play starts, the league director can just look on his phone. The system does all the splits for him, creates all the matches for him. All he has to do is look, literally create a button that says start playing. And, they, and the players enter all their own games in. The system knows all the games are in. And the players, a button will show up then because the system knows all the games are in and they click a button that says complete and run the stats. And it runs the stats and does the splits for the next week. So we offer quite a few different formats. Our leagues are just like our tournaments. We offer, you know, co-ed, mixed, men's, women's, all that kind of stuff. So you you have a whole variety of, of formats to play in your league play as well as your uh, tournament play. And then we also have clubs. So you can have your club in our system and manage your members and also set up your fee plans. So say, for example, you want to set up an annual fee plan, a lifetime fee plan, maybe a seasonal fee plan or, you know, three month free plan or whatever. You can have as many fee plans as you want. And then your members can select what fee plan they want, pay it. And then when it gets to be a month before their, their membership ends, they'll get an email notification and then they'll get one every week until the last week. And then that last week, they'll get one a couple days before the day of and the day after. And so that you, they're getting plenty of notification to renew their membership. We have a couple new projects we're working on. One of those new projects is a complete referee management system that completely integrates with pickleball brackets. And so the, the system literally talks to one another and it's real time. And so as you're managing your refs on game day and you're assigning them to courts and stuff, it communicates back with pickleball brackets. Pickleball brackets communicates back with our referee management system and it's all, they all talk to each other real time. And then we're also working on our reservation system as well at the same time. So we have a complete reservation system we're building for the clubs. So you can 
um, rent out courts or maybe your ball machine, or you can rent out, or you can have your trainers in there and their schedules can be in there and people can book those and pay them right online. You can also do your open play. And there's a whole bunch of features that go into that as far as like members getting first dibs for opting in for that day. And then after that, your second tier members can opt in and so on and so forth. So it's it's pretty, pretty robust, but we got a lot of things going on. We're trying to make a, a pickleball software solution that kind of helps out clubs and tournaments and leagues and, and everything pickleball, you know, a player can come into our system and, and look at his ratings. So there there's, there's quite a bit going on. You know, it sounds like you've done a tremendous amount of work. I mean, to have really a system that fully manages everything pickleball, that's got to be unique in the industry at this point. I think it is. I don't know of another system that does everything that ours does. And at the level that we do it, you know, all integrated together. I, I don't know of anything that does that. You know, if a player comes into our system and they look at their, I mean, even our rating system is by far superior to any of the rating systems I've seen for pickleball thus far. We we spent a lot of time on our rating system. We, I mean, many, many many months. I think we spent almost a year, just over a year developing our rating system and beta testing it and battle testing it and everything. And then we took all that information and while we open it up and we show the players all their data for free. So if you're a player and you played in a tournament in our system, you can go in, search for your player name. You can click on it. It'll show you all your stats. It'll give you your doubles, your mixed, your singles. And we also calculate a skinny singles rating. And then you can uh, not only see what your your skill level and your rating is, you can also look at your future rating and then you can go and look at your game stats and you can look at your game by game stats. And we give you detailed information about each game. We give you the probability. So before the game is even played, we calculate all the probability of every game. So we tell you what the score should be. And in most cases, we're pretty close. We're, we're, I mean, unless, unless this is like your first or maybe second tournament, we're usually within three points away from, you know, figuring out what the score should be. And, you know, there's upsets here and there, and there's people that might not have their correct skill level or rating in our system. So those games might be a little off, but for the most part, we're right on the money. And that's how you can really tell if a rating system's right on is by checking out their probabilities. And if their probability is fairly close to the actual, that's a pretty good rating system. You know, I really love that because my background is as a data scientist. So I'm used to talking about probabilities. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like every once in a while, like you said, if people don't have their proper rating or whatnot, there might be an outlier here or there. But that's that's really tremendous for, you know, the player side, which is great that I'm really glad you talked about that because I think a lot of what you talked about earlier during the interview was about the perspective of of really kind of the tournament directors. But let's actually jump back to the tournament directors for a second, because, you know, I think one of the things that people might be concerned about is really, you know, how big of a tournament can you have through pickleball brackets? I mean, is there, you know, how how does the scalability side work? Well, we've um, built a system that that can work off any size. And I don't, it doesn't really matter if your tournament's got 10,000 players or 100 players. You know, we have tournaments that'll run in our software that have, you know, 50 players. And we got some that are 400, 500, 600, but we can go as high as you want. Software is, it should be built in such a way where it handles load. And so with our case, our servers will increase or decrease 
automatically based on the bandwidth that's being consumed. So we actually automatically detect the amount of traffic and amount of resources required and the server automatically will adjust accordingly. So that's how we can accommodate large or small tournaments. So it really doesn't matter how big your tournament is. We can accommodate both large and small tournaments. And and to be honest with you, I mean, when you're looking at tournaments, even at, you know, at national level or whatever, you know, you're talking like 2,500, you know, you get 3,000 people. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, 3,000 people on a site at the same time processing multiple transactions is just a blip compared to what you should be able to handle. I mean, that's that's nothing compared to the amount of traffic like, you know, other software packages can handle. I mean, you think about how much traffic, you know, Best Buy gets, Target gets, you know, any one of these other sites. Now, I know those are big names I'm throwing out there, but nonetheless, if software is written correctly and the data structure is written correctly, you should be able to handle very large transactions and you should be able to handle very large amounts of resources that are being consumed. So, I mean, 3,000 people on a site at the same time or 3,000 people registering at the same time, I mean, literally at the same time, that's not very much. So it's for the grand scheme of things, when you're talking internet and data and, and server and, and all the resources that are, that are needed, it's, it's not that much. So, so to handle something that's 3,000 or 10,000 or 50, it doesn't really matter. We can, we can pretty much handle anything that gets thrown at us. I have a feeling after this interview here is published that there might be a number of people who are interested in, you know, learning more about pickleball brackets. And one of the things they're probably going to be interested in is kind of how the pricing structure works. Yeah. So the pricing, we're pretty I mean, we try to make it simple. So we don't have any hidden costs. That's the first thing. You don't use our software and you have a hidden cost for seeding your players and you don't have a hidden cost for text messaging and you don't have a hidden cost for this or that, or maybe those might not be hidden costs. They might be right up front. But anyway, we don't nickel and dime you and and throw a bunch of hidden costs or anything at you. It's pretty much a flat fee. So it's $2 per player. That's it. That's pretty simple for the tournaments. Leagues are 50 cents each time someone plays. So I mean, each day someone plays. So if you're a player and you show up on Tuesday to play, and I don't care if you play one game or six games, that's only 50 cents for you for that day. That's it. And then club ratings are eight cents a game. So every game we, we calculate is eight cents. So if there's four people on the court playing that game, it's 50 cents. Doesn't matter if there's four people or two people. It's not, I mean, sorry, eight cents. It doesn't matter if it's four people or two people. It's still eight cents. We don't charge eight cents times four. That's not how it works. It's just eight cents a game. So it's pretty simple. So you got $2 per player for tournaments, 50 cents for each player that plays for the league um, the day they show up, and then eight cents a game for, for club ratings. It's pretty simple. It is. I do have to admit, simple is always uh, a good thing. So if somebody is interested in you know, possibly transitioning or just starting anew with tournaments or leagues or what have you, what's the best way to kind of get, get on board with pickleball brackets? So the first thing that we do is everything is built. So uh, everything is, is built from like an organization level down. So an organization in our, in our software could be a club, okay, or an association, or maybe, maybe you're a tournament director and that's a company, right? You're a tournament director and you do many tournaments. So everything starts there. And even if you don't have a club or an organization or something, we could just create 
you know, a placeholder for you so that you can have tournaments and leagues and so on. And so somebody would come onto our site and they would request a tournament. If you've never created a tournament yet, then somebody from our team would uh, email you back and say, hey, we're going to set you up to do a tournament. We'll set up a club for you. Are you doing it on behalf of a club or an association or anything? If they say yes, we'll set the club up and then we'll set them up. We'll give them uh, access to create tournaments and leagues and all that. And then they can go ahead and do that. We also offer the ability to do a screen share and we'll give them a free online double screen demo screen share for them. No cost, but just, we'll just show them how to use the software, but most people can figure it out. It's pretty intuitive software. We, it's a very wizard based step-by-step software. So it's pretty simple to use. So we would set them up with that. They, they would have access to go in and create as many tournaments or leagues as they want. So the biggest thing is just going on the site and um, clicking, you know, add a tournament. The, the add a tournament button is right on the, the first page you get to right at the top. And if you want to do a league, you go to the league section, add a league is right there at the top and add a club is of course on the top of the club page. So it's pretty easy. So that's, that's pretty much it. Well, awesome. So I bet probably if somebody wants to, you know, get more information, it sounds like they just go to pickleballbrackets.com is there anywhere else that somebody might be able to reach out to you if they want to get in contact? They can always contact us through our Facebook page, obviously. They they can do that. They can also fill out, they can email our email address. They can email support at pickleballbrackets.com and, and we would get it that way. There's, let's see how else I can do that. That's pretty much it. Just go to the website. There's a contact form as well. If you want to fill out the contact form on the website, they can do that. You know, just create a, you don't even have to create a, a Pickleball Brackets user account if you don't want to. So the, that's pretty much how they would get a hold of us. All right. Well, great information today, Jason. I know that Pickleball Brackets is going to grow. I mean, you've got so many features and you really do sound very innovative. So I thank you so much for sharing and being on the podcast today. Yeah, no problem. I, I appreciate it. Uh, one more thing I, I might want to just throw in there before we end is just our security. One of the things that's big in today's day and age is security. And um, people get afraid that we're, you know, that not us, but anybody that they sign up with sharing data or anything like that, or maybe the data is not stored correctly or it's improperly handled. Our system is really big on security. So we, everything in your, in the database that is stored in the database is encrypted. So it's under a two-way encryption with an encryption key to decrypt it. So any PII compliance stuff or HL7 format type stuff, which really wouldn't be in our system, but any stuff like that is encrypted. And then the only way to get that uh, information decrypted is to have the key. So we, we're, we're pretty big on security as far as that goes. We make sure that all of our data is stored properly. It's handled properly. We try to comply with all the, the security um, laws in all the different countries, whether you're Australia, Canada, which have the two, the two biggest personal information security laws in the world. We try to comply with those two and we do a pretty good job of it. And then of course, even in the United States, we, we comply pretty well. So security nowadays is really, really important. People's information is, is obviously being taken advantage of in, in a lot of different pieces of software. So we try, to, we try to handle that the best way possible. That's great to hear. That is so important. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. Well, all right. Thanks again, Jason, so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 